Good morning, everyone. Today's scripture is found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. I'm going to take a moment to read that for you now. It says, Later that day, when evening came, Jesus said to them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. They left the crowd and took him in the boat, just as he was. Other boats followed along. Gale force winds arose and, w- and waves crashed against the boat so that the boat was swamped. But Jesus was in the rear of the boat, sleeping on a pillow. They woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? He got up and gave orders to the wind, and he said to the lake, Silence, be still. The wind settled down, and there was a great calm. Jesus asked them, Why are you frightened? Don't you have faith yet? Overcome with awe, they said to each other, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Welcome, FUMC Church family, and welcome guests. We are so glad that you decided to worship with us today. Today is, we celebrate Mother's Day, and thank you moms for your sacrifice, for the love that you have given to us, and we all know in raising children, it requires great faith. We also celebrate today United Methodist Women, who 151 years ago heard the need and answered the call to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to people all over the world. And we thank you, ladies, for the risk that you took so that others may be healed and set free. Today, I want to talk to you about faith. I want to talk to you what it means to live in faith. I want to talk to you about what it means to say that I have faith in God. First of all, I want to tell you what faith is not. Faith is not an audition where you perform before God, hoping that you get everything just right so that you might be accepted into heaven. That is not how faith works. Faith is not in what you do. It is based in whose you are, who you belong to. Faith is being the person that God created you to be in the first place. Faith is not something that you can muster up. Faith is not something that you can own. It is a gift that has been given to us by God. Faith is Jesus Christ himself. And so today we are going to look at what it means to live in faith, even in the midst of our storms. Faith is kind of like a marriage. Uh, It is a lifelong commitment to a loving and faithful God who loves us regardless of how well we have behaved that day. And yet, as we grow in our relationship with one another, our faith grows and it is strengthened. Faith is trusting God with our life. It is a complete dependency upon God. And no matter what is going on around us, no matter how bleak things may look, we place our faith and trust in God and we will experience peace even in the midst of storms. Victor Hugo was famous for writing the novel, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. But he also wrote a short story called 93. And in this story, it is about a ship uh, that is caught in a dangerous storm, much like in our text today. And at the peak of this storm, the frightened sailors hear a terrible noise banging in the bottom of that ship. 
And they realize that it is a cannon that has come loose. It is part of the cargo. And because the ship is swaying back and forth because of the giant waves, this cannon, this loose cannon, is rolling around in the bottom of the ship. And the sailors are frightened because they know that the ship could sink if they are not able to go down and retie this cannon. And so a couple of sailors volunteer, and they go down, knowing that the danger of the ship wrecking because of this cannon was far greater than the storms that were slapping into the side of the ship that day. And that is how it is in our lives. Storms come, and they come suddenly. But it's not, the danger is not the storm that is raging on the outside. The danger is the storm that is raging on the inside. You see, it is in the corruption of fear and doubt that lies within us during the storm that we need to be concerned about. That furious storm on the outside, yes, it is overwhelming, but we need to pay attention to what is going on on the inside of us during that storm. Our only hope of the storm of fear that is raging within us can only be calmed in and through Jesus Christ. It is not something that we can solve or or do ourselves. We have to trust the power of God's love and grace and mercy that is reflected in and through Jesus Christ. And so we have to put our hope in, in Jesus, trusting that he is going to calm our fear trusting uh, that we are not going to be paralyzed by this fear, but that we can walk victoriously. That is what the disciples learned in the boat out on the lake that day. They thought that the danger was outside the boat, but they soon learned that the danger was what was inside their hearts, which was fear. They lacked faith. And without faith, their lives were at risk of the storms that were coming their way. And without faith, it was impossible to please God. So what can we learn from the disciples on the boat in the storm that day? First of all, we can learn that storms come quickly. And there isn't a warning. Uh, this, first of all, to understand what was going on in that boat, we need to understand what was happening before the storm arrived. It was a wonderful day. People had come from far and near to hear Jesus to teach about the kingdom of God. And uh, Jesus was tr- uh, giving lessons on faith, and he was comparing uh, the kingdom of God uh, to a farmer who went out to sow seeds. And Jesus gives examples of four types of soil that these seeds were planted in. And these soils represent the degree into which we listen and obey God's word. And I want to say that again. The, there were four types of soil that Jesus was talking about, that the seeds of faith were planted in. And these soils represent the degree into which we listen to and obey God's word. Each condition of the soil relates to our heart and how well we are listening. And so you can find the the parable of the sower in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I find it very interesting that in Matthew's Gospel, he begins and ends this parable with the word listen. And the word listen is with urgency because there is an explanation point right after it. And then in the book of Luke, he ends the parable with Jesus saying, anyone who has ears to hear, let them listen. And then Mark combines both of them. He begins this parable with the word listen, with an explanation point, and he ends the parable with Jesus saying, 
anyone who has ears to hear, let them listen. And so when we hear this parable of the sower, Jesus is talking about the condition of the souls and how well that we listen to the word of God. And then the disciples asked Jesus to explain to them what this parable means. And I'm going to read his explanation uh, uh, to this parable. And it is found in Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 20. Don't you understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? The farmer scatters the word. This is the meaning of the seed that fell on the path. When the word is scattered and people hear it. Right away, Satan comes and steals the word that was planted in them. Here's the meaning of the seed that fell on the rocky ground. When people hear the word, they immediately receive it joyfully. Because they have no roots, they last for only a little while. When they experience distress or abuse because of the word, they immediately fall away. Others are like the seed scattered among the thorny plants. These are the ones who have heard the word, But the worries of this life, the false appeal of wealth, and the desire for more things break in and choke the word, and it bears no fruit. The seed on the good soil are those who hear the word and embrace it, and they bear much fruit. And so the good soil that Jesus is talking about is a heart that is ready to receive the living word of God. And that is exactly what Jesus was hoping that the disciples would do that day out on the lake. And yet the disciples didn't realize that they had the living word of God with them right there in the boat. And I placed a great emphasis on the words listening and the words hear because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when in the original text, the word here in uh, the explanation of this parable is used four times. And it does not mean one who listens to the voice. What it means is one who listens to the message of the voice that is speaking. And there is a difference. We can hear a voice speak, but are we listening to the message of that voice? And then for the word listen in the Greek, uh, the word is abadir, and it is where we get the word obedience. And so listen and obedience are closely uh, connected. And Jesus uh, was hoping that the disciples would listen and obey the words of faith that he had spoken to them earlier. Jesus told many stories that day, but the day was coming to an end, and it was time for them to to depart. So Jesus told the disciples to get into the boat and to cross to the other side of the lake. And I often wondered if the disciples questioned Jesus about this decision because they had experienced great success. All the people were right there. And now Jesus is telling them that they need to leave, leave and go to the other side of the lake. There are only garrisons on the other side of the lake. You know, they're those pesky pagans. We have heard about them being demon-possessed and being plagued with disease and with viruses. Who wants to go over there, Jesus? But the disciples did as Jesus instructed, and they set sail on that beautiful afternoon, and the sun was shining, and Jesus was exhausted from the activity of the day, and so he lies down in the boat and falls asleep on a pillow. The late afternoon faded into evening, 
And the sky that was dotted with the beautiful white puffy clouds turned into a large thunderstorm. Uh, dark clouds, gloomy clouds, and the calm waters were now becoming rough. And there were white caps and huge waves splashing in to the side of that tiny boat. And this lake was notorious for storms coming up suddenly and becoming violent. So maybe the disciples thought now that they were crossing over to the side of the lake that Jesus was leading them into destruction rather than salvation. Trouble can come to us just as quickly. I mean, everything can be going great. We can be successful. We can really be enjoying life. And then all of a sudden, a pandemic occurs. And we are having to deal with the coronavirus. And we might even find ourselves out of a job and wondering how in the world are we going to pay our bills. Or maybe it's the telephone that rings, and as you listen to the voice on the other end, they're giving you bad news. And all of a sudden, you feel that your entire life has been turned upside down, and you find yourself in the midst of a storm. Now, amazingly, as this violent storm was taking place, Jesus was asleep in the boat. When John Wesley came to America, he found himself in the middle of a storm. Now, this was the days before his Aldersgate experience, and Wesley was scared to death. I mean, he was running frantically all around this ship seeking shelter, and in the midst of doing so, he came across a group of Moravians who were singing and calmly praying. There was no fear. There was no panic. Not even among the children was there any fear. And Wesley could not believe this. And so he asked them the source of their strength. And they replied to him, we have Jesus as our Savior. So storms can come suddenly. The disciples experienced it. Wesley experienced it. And so do we. We're experiencing it right now in the midst of this pandemic. And so Jesus, we go to Jesus when we experience these storms and we find him asleep in the boat. And when we want to ask Jesus, don't you know that we are about to drown Jesus? Can't you hear the wind howling? Can't you feel the boat rocking and the water splashing on your face? Teacher, don't you care if we even drown? Doesn't God care about what I'm going through? Can you hear the intensity and how we begin to exaggerate in the midst of the fear? The sudden furious storm that is on the outside is overwhelming, but we need to pay attention to what is going on inside of our hearts because that is the greatest problem. Because, you see, when storms come, what is in our heart is going to come out. When pressure occurs, what is inside of us is what is going to come out. It's kind of like a sponge that has been soaking in water, and when you pick that sponge up and you squeeze it, water is going to come out. And so we have to ask ourselves, what have we been soaking in? Have we been soaking in the Word of God so when those storms occur that our faith will come out? What is in your heart today? And who will calm the storm within? Who will the waves of fear and chaos listen to? Jesus says, silence, be still. And how many times do we need to hear those words in the midst of chaos, silence, and be still? That's one of the things that I have appreciated about being confined to home is having to be still. And I think oftentimes we're afraid of silence and we're afraid of being still because we don't want to know what is in our hearts. Storms can come suddenly and 
they can make us lose our sense of direction. And that is the second thing that we learn out on the boat on the lake that day. We lose our sense of direction. Now, I know that that's an obvious fact, but it is worth mentioning because Jesus is the one who taught the disciples about faith. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, and yet the disciples fail to recognize that he is right there with them in the midst of the storms. I mean, most of the disciples on the boat that day were fishermen. They were experienced. They had charted these waters many times. They knew what it was like to go through storms. And so why all of a sudden in this storm was there so much fear? Now, I know that the possible answer could be, well, this was the worst storm that has ever occurred, but I don't think so. I think what is going on here is the disciples are chastising Jesus for not pulling his weight. The disciples find Jesus asleep in the boat, and they say, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? How many times when we are frightened because of crisis occurring that we chastise or overreact to other people who are closest to us. In other words, the disciples are saying, are you just going to lie there and sleep, Jesus, or are you going to get up and help us? Grab an oar, Jesus. We need all hands on deck right now. And that was the disciples' way. That was their thinking in, in grabbing a hold of control of the situation. And that's what we do, too, when we find ourselves in a crisis. We want Jesus to come and help us and to help us right now, but we want it done in our timing and in our way. And it is at this moment that the unexpected occurs. Jesus, he does get up, but he doesn't grab an oar. He calms the storm. And therefore, the disciples were terrified. Look again back at the story. The disciples are certainly frightened by the intensity of this storm. They need everyone to pitch in. But Jesus rebukes the storm. Silence. Be still. I often wonder if Jesus is saying silence to the uh, disciples with all the chaos going on. And what the disciples got, they were looking for a human hand to help them. And what they got was divine authority. They were looking for a hand. And what they got was God himself. They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So let me ask you, which will you fear the most? The fear that is raging inside of you or the one who can master that fear? The one who can calm that storm? Because the disciples did lose their direction that day. Jesus asks, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? If you remember, he had just given them several lessons concerning faith before they got into that boat. But what we need to realize is that the disciples did not understand who it was that was in the boat with them. Do you still have no faith? In other words, Jesus is saying, do you still not understand who I am? The disciples were frightened during the storm. Yes, the fury of the storm was great, but it was after the storm that the scripture says that they were terrified. Why were they terrified? It was because of who was in the boat with them. The real problem was not the storm on the outside, but it was the storm of doubt and unbelief that was going on on the inside. 
And as I said before, unfortunately, when storms rage inside of us, we cannot take control. We cannot cure it by ourselves. We have to trust in Jesus Christ to calm our fears and to get us through the storms. And that's what the disciples learned on the lake that day. They thought the danger was outside the boat, but they would soon learn that the real danger was what was inside of them. They lacked faith, and they didn't know who was in the boat with them. So where do you turn to during storms? What do you do? I know that that's a pressing question, but it's a theological question as well. And the answer will depend upon who you place your faith and trust. When we find ourselves seeking during a storm, where else are we going to turn to? We are to be a people of faith. And our faith can be as small as a mustard seed. Why? Because we serve a great and mighty God, and He promises to be with us no matter the outcome of the storm. God is greater and mightier than any storm that can be raging in our life, and we can experience peace and comfort in the very middle of that storm. You know, I don't believe that Jesus rebuked the disciples that day because of their lack of faith in his ability to calm the storm. I believe that the Jesus rebuked the disciples that day because he was disappointed in them because they did not yet understand who he was. Do you understand who Jesus really is? Do we know the character and the nature of God? Are we familiar with the promises that are in his word? I suggest that we begin to turn to Jesus because only Jesus has the words of eternal life. Only Jesus can calm our storm. Only Jesus can set us free from our fear. Which brings me to my third and final point. Yes, storms can come quickly. And because of that, we can lose our sense of direction. But third, if we do not understand who it is that is with us in the midst of that storm, then the fear of our storm can completely paralyze our lives. How many times have we moved to do absolutely nothing in the midst of crisis? How many times do we run and hide because we're afraid to confront? How many times do we opt to say nothing when people are crying out for a a, a loving presence of Jesus Christ, which is in each of us? And how many times, because of fear of rejection or a fear of being wrong, we choose to do nothing at all? And you see, the devil lies to us, and he deceives us through our fear. That is why it's so important for us to have faith, because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He has given us power and love and a sound mind. When Jesus awakened, he rebuked not only the storm, but he rebuked the disciples. Why are you afraid, he asks. Have you no faith? We need to remember Jesus' promise that he will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He is right there with us. We do not need to panic no matter how bleak the situation may seem. Jesus is there with us, and he will calm our fears. So what are the next steps? Well, the next steps are this. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then I say that we need to be in God's word. And not only do we need to be reading God's Word, but we need to read it out loud. We need to hear it. And then we need to think and to meditate on it, to reflect on what we have heard. 
To, think, to ask ourselves the question, what is this text saying to us about God and the nature of God? What is this text saying to us about ourselves? What is the message that we need to hear from the voice who is speaking to us? And if we ask the Holy Spirit to show us, I believe that we can listen to God's word and we can obey God's word. Let us pray. God, we thank you for our families, and we especially thank you for our moms. Bless and strengthen our families. Jesus, be with our families who suffer and are fearful in the storms of disease, brokenness, homelessness, poverty, and hunger. Protect and deliver those who suffer in domestic violence, child abuse, elder abuse, and sex trafficking. May each one trust in your love and grace, and may they receive your peace and healing for their hearts. God, help us to have greater understanding of who Jesus is during the storms of life. And thank you. Thank you, God, for our moms. Thank you, God, for the United Methodist women and their missional hearts who continue to provide all through the ministries. And Lord, watch over the missionaries throughout this world. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.